Sure, but there's no bu- subject tonight. No, right. freestyle. Free oh my god, freestyle. Whatever the hell crosses our mind. You style, we style. Are we rolling? Style. You're rolling. Oh Jesus yeah. Christ, man! Why come you didn't give me some more kind of a more ceremonial announcement? <laughs> and they're off. Uh, welcome to another installment of the Cleveland Moto Podcast. Uh, we are brought to you by Tequila. Tequila. The, the letter. Yeah, T. That's what we said today at our on our text message. Nice. I said that. Tonight's podcast is brought to you by the letter T. Uh, since our Stranahan's last week, our Stranahan's whiskey was such a huge hit, Steve absolutely <laughs> fell in love with it. So Steve decided As to blow others. us. It hit oh. John upside the head, that's for sure. <laughs> it did. It did. <laughs> wow. Um, if anybody listened to last week's podcast, you'll notice that about minute point fifty two, it went right off the rails. <laughs> um, even John, who normally brings us back onto our subject matter, John was gone. <laughs> Uh, yeah. He was on his own subject. Man. John had gone full <laughs> dusting on us. <laughs> so uh, tonight's beverage, but I only Steve, do that at my house. Yeah, Steve Hoffert was nice enough to bring us some Peligroso. Is that añejo? Yep. Añejo, Peligroso tequila, hundred percent agave from the Mexico, and uh, yeah, this is a really if you can judge a beverage by its bottle. This is a black glass bottle with a, a very, very authoritative. Oh, Steve, is this is this your oh. favorite uh, uh, speculator? That my favorite. New York. Uh, <clears throat> I will tell you that is a delicious smelling tequila. Mm. Oh God, that smells good. <laughs> I don't know. Just if we're sweating. Yeah, yeah. He's starting to tremble a little bit. I'm gonna tell you what. I've smelled this smell before, and usually you don't remember much after it. Oh. Smells like regret. Oh, shit. It smells like regret. You know what? You're right. It's really smooth. Tastes like bad decisions. No, it tastes like heaven. That tastes like heaven. Almost heaven. That is... Oh, Steve, West thank you very much for bringing that. So we're not going to try to drink all of it tonight. <laughs> not like <laughs> <Louis> John. <laughs> yeah. Around wow. the horn. That is delicious tequila. That is absolutely delicious. Too. Yeah, it is. There's, that is a damn delicious tequila. The, uh, boy, I'll tell you. The funny thing was watching John drink the whiskey last week because there was a point when we accomplished about three-quarters of the bottle. We made it to about three-quarters of the bottle, and everybody was happy and having a good time and feeling no pain. And John saw the three-quarter mark pass. As a challenge. And he was like, well... We're almost done with that bottle. I'm not going to get any more if I just don't drink some now fast. And at that point, he was like, he kept looking around. And I could tell every time he looked around, he'd be like, come on, how come nobody else is drinking that? And then you then you laid it low. <laughs> and that was like, seriously, the Mecklefresh phenometer was pinned. <laughs> it was pinned. I've never seen, I've never seen, I've seen you drunk before, and I've seen you... Sloppy drunk before, but I've never seen you goddamn silly drunk before. You were just a fucking goofball. You kept asking, you kept asking for another bottle of whiskey, right? Oh, yeah. I see. I don't remember. Yeah. Oh, we couldn't afford to keep you in whiskey at that point. I don't remember. My a lot of this. God. You yeah. sang the outgoing theme song yourself. I, yeah. I didn't even get to. Eric sign told off. me that because yeah. I was like, we didn't do the outro. Oh, yes, you did. <laughs> oh, yeah, you did. You did the outro, my friend. You did it all by yourself. And 
That I, I, you improvise quite I a hope bit. that the people who normally listen to us did find it funny to watch it just ride off the rails. I mean, I hope there was a sense of humor about it because the quality was shit, but the fun factory was absolutely through the roof. It was, off, we, yeah, so it was so almost as fun as the radio voice to me. <laughs> <laughs> we, we just lost all of the AA motorcycle clubs. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's but it. you know what? Exactly. That's okay. They're no fun anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, uh, it was really, really fun. And then when we left here... We went to a place called the Beer Engine, and the Beer Engine has just a devastating selection of beers. And they they make a lot of their own beer, and the food is really good. And it's a normal, it's a local Lakewood uh, Lakewood haunt. And when we got in there, there were no seats left in the joint. I mean, there was nothing. And so there was like one spot over at the far corner of the bar that John had managed to claim, and then instantly started making friends with the people that were. Maybe had left their purse in the spot that was empty. I don't know about making friends. Or left their keys in maybe the spot that was empty. And after they got to meet John for a little while, they realized their keys and purse weren't that important. <laughs> yeah, it was really fun. It was absolutely silly. The uh, it, You just talk about a goddamn good time. And then Jesse today, uh, Jesse came by the shop, and we did some tires for him and some stuff. And he's... Uh, He's been really on a kick and getting a lot of his bikes sorted out. And he dropped, uh, today as a thank you gift, he dropped me off a bottle of very fancy whiskey, very fancy bourbon. So we'll have that for next week, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the good news is this bottle he dropped off isn't as big. He's, what do they call that, scratch and burn? Scratched, it was hand-scratched casks or something. So the bourbon he dropped off are hand-scratched casks, whatever that means. Fancy. Cut and scratched, I guess, but... Well, I'm they, not much they burn a, the inside, yeah, uh, to get that yeah, flavor. I don't they, know if they burn it and scratch some of the yeah, scratch it to make it get more char into it or something. I guess, man. I'm not a bourbon. I'm not a purist when it comes to that. I just drink, and uh, boy, man, this is so. We got this amazing giant bottle of tequila, by the way. And this is this is a girthy bottle of tequila. If somebody ever hit you with this. There's zero chance of survival. That wide mouth on that kind of scares the shit out of me right now, too. It's oh, it delivers like portion control. If you think, I'm just going to sip and it'll be a half a shot. No, no. Every sip on this bottle is a full measure. Yeah. As Steve grins, knowing It's well. almost impossible to drink that slow. The, uh, but it tastes really good, so there's no... There's no like tequila uh, going along with it. We're we're starting a new it's trend here. I like the way Johnny Chrome just goes. I'll fire up the I'll podcast and start that. passing the bottle around. Yeah. So now that I've got some tequila, I'm gonna go ahead and open up this beer. Ah, oh, there we go. Yep. And they're off. That, there. was only a quarter of the bottle. That was good. Once you finish it. Well, and on this bottle, it's black, so you can't tell what your achievement status is because there's absolutely no way to see through the bottle. It's just black. It's just very intimidating. So uh, we're going to talk real briefly about hydraulic clutches. Oh, yes. Because now that Dustin's working at the shop, Dustin's going to get to experience some things outside of his own garage and some stuff that we deal with on a regular basis. What year is the bike that we're working on? 1983. 83. So it's an 83 Nighthawk 550. 550. And uh, shaft drive. It is shafty. It's got uh, four carburetors, of course. And it's uh, got all the styling that 1983. Three could have provided when you glancing slightly askew at a Harley Davidson Sportster, and yeah. A Does that rider. have like the cro- black and chrome, like the stripes? <clears throat> no, on that the would be the Nighthawk SC. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, those were your choice of blue with a chrome tank embellisher, mm. black or red. 
This is burgundy this is, and orange. This is Oldsmobile burgundy. Okay. With oh, yes. the orange accent stripe. And of course it has a square headlight. Yeah. And uh, ACAC gunner handlebars. Oh. So it's got all the bad things in one motorcycle. I can't wait to test ride it. <laughs> <laughs> but the problem is uh, the bike came in. The, the original description was the bike, uh, the clutch doesn't work. So the clutch doesn't work, so we're just immediately thinking, you know, it's the seals and the slave cylinder. The way these things all work is they have a master cylinder at the top of the handlebars that looks exactly like a 180-degree clone of your brake master cylinder, <coughs> and it essentially works on the same principle, that instead of a cable being pulled to control a push rod that pushes your clutch basket apart and alleviates tension between the plates and the steels that drive the transmission off the motor... Instead of doing that, you're squeezing a lever that is imparting pressure on fluid that is non-compressible, like your brakes do, and that pressure goes down into what's called a slave cylinder, and the slave cylinder is where that pressure goes it's to push a, a puck, and it's a caliper piston. And it moves a quarter of an <clears> inch or so, and that pushes the rod that goes all the way through across the motor, through the middle of the basket and the clutch, and pushes the clutch assembly apart, taking tension off the plates. So that's the way it's supposed to work. What was the, what's the engineering reason behind that? <clears throat> well, a hydraulic clutch is nice because a hydraulic clutch can require less hand pressure to achieve the same amount of work. Because with how, anytime you're using hydraulics, you're getting a force multiplier. Based on the size of the piston in the hydraulic cylinder, your hand, using the leverage of the lever, moves a very short stroke and moves a certain volume of fluid. Just like a floor jack or a bottle jack. Like anything, yeah. You, you move a short stroke and right. that moves it a little, you know, yeah, but it's very that's exactly easy to do. it. And so with a hydraulic clutch, you can get the same amount of work done as a cable clutch with a lot less effort at your hand. Now, on a lot of motorcycles that have very heavy clutches, meaning they have a lot of springs in there because they have to really work hard <clears> to make 120 horsepower and a whole lot of torques go against a transmission that's stationary. Like the Grito. Like the Grito or whatever, right? And uh, in those motorcycles, they've, they've found that if you have a really, really heavy clutch, you can either put down a really thick clutch cable and have it to be a real man to shift it. Like, I mean, a real crazy grip strength, like, you know, lemon squeezer. Or, <laughs> <laughs> or you can have a, a hydraulic clutch that makes life easier. And wouldn't there be more opportunities for the hydraulic system to fail? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but overall, though, it would probably be less maintenance than having to lube and adjust the cable and everything yeah. if it's properly maintained, if, it's, if it doesn't sit for a long time. There's right. really no adjustment but to probably it, just from like, keeping your fluid topped off and the right. system blood. But probably just like, an old, just like an old bike with a hydraulic front yeah. brake, yeah. it can turn to oatmeal over time. That's exactly and that's exactly right. what happened in the slave. And I think that really... I think the advantages of a hydraulic clutch, which are great. I mean, there are really good advantages about a hydraulic clutch, just like there are huge advantages over a hydraulic brake versus a cable-pulled brake. There are motorcycles that exist in this world that have a disc brake, but they don't use hydraulic fluid to activate that disc brake. And the Honda CB200 was one of those bikes that had, you looked at the front wheel and you're like, that's a disc brake. Then you'd look at the front brake lever and go, well, there's no hydraulic reservoir there. That's because that was just pulling a cable, and the cable went down and pulled an arm, 
and the arm non-hydraulically activated the front brake. Like puck. bicycle brakes. Like bicycle brakes, basically. The incline plane yeah. at work there. Yeah, incline plane, exactly. You'd rotate a cam that, you know, as the cam rotates, one part of it's higher, and that pushes the pad against the rotor. Well, the advantage to hydraulic brakes is when they're maintained or when they're new or when they're fresh, they work great. But if a bike is really, really, really old, there's a certain advantage to it having mechanical, like drum brakes, because they don't drag. You don't have to worry about the seals becoming deteriorated. You don't have to worry about the piston that's moving inside of that caliper getting stuck, or just the road grime attacking the seal, or the hydraulic fluid itself when the seal gets old and changes its shape and becomes brittle, leaking out and becoming a bigger problem. It's very rare to walk up to a 1973 or 4 Honda motorcycle that has a disc brake and be able to push the bike across the floor. Without the, kicking the shit out of the caliper. Right. <laughs> and you'll, you can always tell a, a guy who's been doing this for a long time because before I walk up and try to push an old Honda CB750 even one inch, I give the caliper a liberal kicking. And the reason I'm giving the caliper a liberal kicking is to compress that piston in the caliper... You hate Bernie Sanders. You hate Bernie Sanders. <laughs> I just give him a good kick, solid kick boot. Kick that liberal. I just <laughs> kick it. And the idea is by kicking it, I'm going to pull those pads away from the rotor so now at least I can move the son of a bitch across the showroom or get it out of the back of the pickup truck or into the back of the pickup truck. Because if you've ever watched somebody try to push one of those things that's been sitting for 10 years, you see their face turn blue real quick as you realize that front brake is basically an anchor. And the back is usually a drum, so it's just... It's moving along real nice. That's well, because all the brake fluid turned into amethyst, basically. A long time ago. <laughs> I was going to say. what it looks like when you take Crystal yeah, ambergris, yeah. yeah. What is the chemical composition after silicone brake fluid has yeah. slowly respired and all of whatever moisture was in it? What, what does whatever silicone turn into? Plastic. silicone. Sand. Sand. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sand. Sand that's why, yeah, yeah, it is kind of green, like when you take one apart. When you like, take one apart that's 20 years old, what you're left sand. with is sand. And sand is not a great lubricant. No. No. <laughs> it's no. not great for lubricating your seals. I'd hate to tell you right. how I know that. Right. You only got to try to fool around one time at Headlands Tequila Beach involved. <laughs> to realize what a bad lubricant sand is. The, uh, but that's a really, I mean, so in Dustin's case, what he's working on is a bike that, as we found out, has everything original from 1983. Hmm. And we know that the guy parked it two or three years ago because of this clutch problem. So not only has it been all the, all the equipment's from 1983, the seals are from 1983, etc., but then it started leaking, and that's when he parked it. So it's been leaking, well, which no means fluid the fluid has been going the only place it can go, which is down. The air has been entering the whole top of the system. So if he would have serviced the bike immediately when it needed it, it might not have been such a terrible repair. The fact that it's been getting dried out for the past three years, it's now turned into a terrible repair. Yeah, and there was a good amount of sand behind the yeah. piston. Oh, was, everything. The so like, it was, it was so now your piston and the cylinder down in the wheel cylinder has to be honed and cleaned. The seals, you don't want to not do that. You don't want to like hurry and do that because you're going to destroy the seals you're putting in it. We needed a seal kit for the top. We needed a seal kit for the bottom. You know, That's one of those things where had this been a cable-operated clutch... <clears throat> We simply would have replaced the cable. And for 16 or 18 bucks, the guy would have been back on the road. But because in 1983's wisdom, they thought it'd be really cool to put a hydraulic clutch on this motorcycle. Now, Honda did a lot of really cool stuff in that era. 
One of the things they did was hydraulically adjusted valves, so the motorcycles never need hydraulic uh, valve adjustment. They did shaft drive. Um, that's really cool. I mean, that's a low-maintenance, no-maintenance kind of thing. Then they did the hydraulic you know, clutch, and they did track, track, and they did full air adjustable suspension and and anti dive. Yeah, yeah. So you think about like 1983 hydraulic clutch is pretty early on for that. That's very early on, and so is the anti dive front suspension. So is the high, the fully adjustable suspension, the shaft drive. All on a gold one. Well, it was on a well, and you know, in that era, there's the GL650 that had all that candy on it. There's um. Some CX five hundreds. They had a lot of that. Yeah, we did. Boy, we're gonna regret that. Six fifty. What's that? We just took in a GL six fifty. Would you like us to just bring it to you? (laughs) Apparently, it's been spending the last five years of its life at a motorcycle shop that will remain nameless, that has had the bike for the past three or four years, and told the fella who owns it that because that bike. He took it in there four years ago, five years ago, because it had a rear leak at the rear final drive. Now, he didn't specify whether it was out of the seal by the actual drive shaft or whether it was a seal at the output shaft side or whatever. We don't know. We just know that it was leaking. And apparently the owner of the shop had told the guy, the rear, the final drives for this vehicle are unobtainable. They just don't exist on the planet. They're, they're totally unobtainable. And I said, well, why didn't he just rebuild the seals or put new seals in it? He said they were unobtainable and that he had to hunt and hunt and hunt and find a good donor unit. And I, man, I think the guy got lied to because I looked at that final drive, and I'm pretty sure that same final drive ended up on damn near all. I thought they used the same one as the GL That's what I think. Well, and, and based on... Based on ten minutes of research that I did, I might have one in my garage. Well, and you could and you could have saved this guy five years of time. But more importantly, I think what happened is, had he taken it to any other shop other than where he took it, he would have been riding this bike five years ago. Where did he take it? There is no such thing as a rare Honda anything. That's my that's yeah, my really. point. Right. There's no such thing as a rare Honda anything. And I also think that the five years we met the fella today was today. Drop it off today or yesterday? Yesterday. Yesterday. Well, we met the fella yesterday. And I'm going to tell you, the five years that this man has not been riding since this bike was left at the other shop were probably the most important five years in this man's riding life. Because he's old. Because I don't think he's got five more years of riding left in him. And I think that it's a real crime that this man's been without this bike for the past five years. A crime to him and a crime to us because now we've got to deal with five years of abandoned motorcycle stuff. So the moral of the story is... If you take your bike to a guy and he doesn't do anything for sixty days, let's say. Oh yeah, I would get say get the fuck out of there. Get it the fuck out of there. And call yeah two one six. Nope, no, no, no. I'm not going to tell you. No, that's not what we're here for. 19, hey, we're not here for that. And we have a new phone number. <laughs> so don't call that one. So don't call the old number. But the point is. The point is, realistically, if if you've left a bike somewhere for sixty days and you haven't seen some serious progress on it, do them a favor. And take it back. Because they don't want to work on it. Well, and, and could they even <laughs> even call Uncle Phil and say, Hey, Phil, I'm over in Poughkeepsie, whatever. Yeah. Who do you know over within 100 miles of me that I can take the bike to? I don't. You, you may have... <laughs> you know what? I don't. You, you may have a lead. I, you know what? But actually, I don't. Because the funny thing is, I don't <clears throat> know about the quality of most service departments at most motorcycle <clears throat> shops because I've never taken my bike to one. 
I have least I have the least experience of any motorcycle consumer when it comes to buying service because I've never paid another shop to work on my bikes. Okay, then fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So I'm really bad at it. I mean, my observation is we're the last stop for a lot of bikes. We are always the last stop. We are definitely. We are the number that all the local shops give out. <laughs> hey, have you taken it over to Cleveland Moto it's yet? Hospice for motorcycles. It is hospice. <laughs> oh yeah, if we can't work on it, you'd better be buying a large pine box. <laughs> and we're starting to become dirt bike central for some reason. Yeah, we're getting a lot of dirt bikes in. That, that's certainly. But I've happening. said this before, and I'll say it again. That's I'm fun. amazed at how few bikes we've not been able to fix. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I could count on one hand the number right. of bikes that we said we can't fix. It. We can't fix it. Come and get it. Most of it is because we're willing to put 20 hours into the bike and charge for five hours of labor. Just because we feel like it's a personal affront if we can't figure it out. Because I refuse to admit defeat on a lot of these bikes. And today we had a bike that was uh, 1985 that Kevin was working on. Yeah. And I saw Kevin had it up on the lift. And he's balancing the four carburetors, this eliminator. So he's balancing the carbs in this uh, ZL1000 eliminator. And or that one might have been a 900, but he's he's just working his balls off, and he's just like hitting it and hitting it and hitting it. And I got to hear that for about two hours of just, <laughs> and he's just playing it, playing it, playing it. And I eventually walked back there, and he's shaking his head, and he's like, "Phil, I'm telling you, man, this is. I got this thing like 99% of the way perfect." It's a little slow off the line. It's a man. little, a little. There's a little <laughs> lag off the line, and I said, and he goes, maybe there's something. Maybe we could change a mid-range jet. Maybe we could change an air fuel mix screw. And uh, uh, he goes, do you think maybe the customer might have had non-stock jets in it? And I said, Kevin, look at this bike. Factory airbox, factory pipes. The jets are stock, you know. The guy didn't go in and dick around too much of the jets if he didn't change the airbox and he didn't change the exhaust. The jets are probably where they should be factory-wise. Needs to be introduced to <clears throat> Dale Walker. It needs to be introduced to Dale Walker is the exact right answer. <laughs> and I said, you know, you're, you're hitting your head against an emissions control system that was installed in 1985. You're hitting your head against emissions control design that existed in 1985. You're not going to get it perfect. They couldn't get it perfect in 85. It's got and a lean it's thirty spot. years it later. Built with a lean spot. Exactly, it's thirty years later. Don't ex- don't kill yourself on this. You're never going to get it that good. And yeah, it's built with a lean spot, and now you got shitty fuel running through it. Right, and the guy knows that it's a thirty year old bike. At some point, we have to accept the fact that you cannot have you know caviar dreams on a mac and cheese budget. This guy's riding a thirty year old motorcycle. You know, he he knows he's riding a thirty year old motorcycle. But I want it to be perfect. I was like, then engineer a fuel injection system we can retrofit onto all these old four cylinders. Bingo. Mega squirt. Oh, yeah, well, the, we've already said, and you know what? I told, uh, I shared this information today with Kevin, who's got a bit of a head for engineering. But if somebody does want to accept the true Pepsi challenge, the true challenge is quit what you're doing today. Put 100% of your time into engineering a retrofittable fuel injection system that will go on, and I'm going to save you a lot of time. I think we're all going to save this future engineer, as I like to call the future millionaire. We're going to save him some time. Do it for a CB750. Do it for a KZ900 and 1000. Goldwing. Do it for a Goldwing. CB350. Do it for a Honda CB350. And if you do it for those bikes. XS650. 
XS650. GS450. Yeah, listen to you. Kawasaki Concourse. But if you do it for the bikes we just listed, there are so many of those bikes that are out there right now, so many, that you will have customers for the rest of eternity. And even if you don't, you'll sell enough of them in the first two or three years to put the name on, you know, Bodie McBoatface or whatever it is you buy. <laughs> right? well, think of it this way. Hear about horses. If you horses. take your bike that's been sitting, your four-cylinder, into a shop, how much mm-hmm. is it going to cost you to get four One hundred dollars per carburetor. Okay. No, that's us. We're cheap. That's the yeah. begin. So at least four yeah. to five hundred dollars just to, just to make her go. How about put that four to five hundred dollars towards towards, towards the eight system. to nine hundred dollar fuel injection system and never have to worry about. Okay, that so if again. you're not paying attention, John just gave you your target pricing. <laughs> so if you <laughs> write it down, write write it down. Don't ask us. Again. So if you can engineer the system and you can put this the system in the hands of consumers or shops like mine, every single time a person comes into my shop with a CB750, clue they made millions of them. Or a CB350. If they come into my shop, the first thing I'm going to tell them is, before my mechanic starts pulling out the gray ones, let's put a fuel injection system on this and make it run correctly. You'll end up spending a lot less money if you plan on keeping this bike for more than a year. And you'll have more smiles to the gallon. Oh, my fuck you, Lord. Not only will you have more smiles to the fucking gallon, your bike will run right. I I mean, I can only imagine. Wouldn't it be great if it started? (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm, going to invent this. I've already already looked into it. I have books on it. A fuel-injected CB750 or a fuel-injected GL1000. Right, would just be beautiful. It'd be. I mean, it's a great bike to begin with. We've Even said, with carbs, they're they're pretty fun. They're we great. said these are great bikes, but they have an Achilles heel. And the reason we don't, the reason we tell people on our podcast and in our shop and in our showroom that it's not a great idea to go and buy a 1975 Honda CV750 or an 81 Goldwing or a 78 whatever. The reason we tell them is not because the bike as a whole is a fucked up piece of shit. It's because the fuel management system was the best they could do at the time with the budget they had to spend. And there's been no replacement parts for those bikes that work great. Or you can't even, go out and buy a brand new rack of carbs. And if you no, could, you it would be more expensive. It would be $1,200. Oh, no, we know right. that for a fact. You can buy. You can actually buy a rack of carbs right now. If you want to go buy a rack of Mycoonies to put on your CB750, <coughs> you're spending $1,200. Right. Right? Or you could retrofit like a Goldwing. You could uh-huh. retrofit single single carb well right. they've done uh, some of that oh you know, the Volkswagen curbs yeah yeah there's things you can do but I'm I'm not but joking the manifolds around. cost 400 but just right. the manifolds just the manifold. cost 400 right. the carbs 200 right. so you're talking 600 bucks yeah that's what I say if you come up with a system where you can fuel inject these older motorcycles please that is a good place to put your energy a four into one platinum yeah. with a big Big throttle body with a yeah. single or, and single it, it or be, dual fuel injection. It can be like a side draft throttle. Well, and too. most of the bikes you see that we're surrounded by every single day, they have fuel injectors that fire directly at the valves. So direct our fuel, injection, our fuel injection systems we have in all these bikes are direct injection straight at the valves. Yeah. All we exactly. have to do is create a throttle body injection system. Right. Hey man, you know, all we you, we and you and your mouse in your pocket. Mounts, I ain't doing uh, none of it. I'm waiting for you to build it so I can buy it. Mounts injectors. You unscrew the slide. Mm-hmm. Screws in the top, or goes in the the slide. So you can put the injector in the slide. Mm-hmm. Then you put a TPS on the the butterflies. Yeah. And you put a, a mass airflow sensor or manifold 
whatever manifold air pressure sensor. You'll need O2 sensor too. I'm going to take my CB. No, 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 no. Because <laughs> I'm pulling my CB750 carbs out, and they're going on eBay, and I'm getting two or three hundred dollars for them right like that. Oh yeah, that's the first. Well, thing that's you my can first do. two well, three hundred dollars. Yeah. Injection molder yeah. to, to make a. That's nine, just aluminum you know, casting, a four yeah. into one plenum, which I could copy the one that came with my Drew and Supercharger. Here, right. Here's, here's and then a, hint. A, a throttle body goes yeah. on the end of it. Very good hint. Look into the technology technology that they're using in the four-cylinder fuel-injected sport bikes right now. Yeah. Look at what they're doing yeah. and then work backwards from that. Just work backwards And then that. you can figure out what to build. Because that's yeah. what I was doing when yeah. I, was, I was looking to try and fuel-inject my CB350 as some crazy it's idea. It's I mean, a lot of people... Now, granted, we live in a part of the country that is particularly hard on carburetors. I mean, we do. <laughs> we have greater carburetor woes than a lot of other people. Oh, California even calls their ignition system carb. <laughs> Come on. They had to figure it out in an acronym for CARB. To CARB. California the, uh, Air Resources Board. It's, it is, a, I mean, to a lot of folks who live in places where the bikes don't have to deal with winter and a lot of places where people can ride their bike 365, they really don't have to deal with this as much as we do. But around here, you know damn well if a bike's been sitting for a year... That carb's going to have to come out. Well, if it sits for four months half, with this gas, half the time... Dustin, gas how bad. did the CB360's carbs look that the guy brought in? Beautiful Terrible. CB360. Gorgeous bike. Terrible. How do they look? They, they were at the beginning stages of developing their own oatmeal. Right. Okay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know for a fact the guy was riding the bike in November. Okay. So he was riding the bike in November. That's It's now you know mid-April. Yeah. And that gives you an idea how bad it can go and how quickly it Which can go Which was the head scratcher to getting that bike ready. Because right. like, oh, he brought it in in November. It's good to go. Yeah. You know, I'm like, oh, that's fine. And I'm like, yeah. everything, I was going through it. And I'm like, everything is telling me that the carbs need to be clean. I rode that thing. bike in November. It was fine. Yeah. No. So, I mean, it's I ripped, not fine now. I ripped off the carbs and mm-hmm. sure, I mean, they were gummed up like crazy. Yeah, there was an absolute disaster. So that's just one of those things that, yeah, that it's, what's his name well? it's a big problem. The uh, oh, oh, what's his name? Yeah. Oh, what's his name? No. Good old with a with a, blue, with a blue CB three sixty. Oh, what's his name? Uh, Mike from the oh, Motorcycles and Misfits podcast sent me something. There's a bike, big box around here somewhere. Yeah, the, I'm, I'm going to go see if I can find it. Renee said it was a big cardboard box. And uh, yeah, come here, Mark. Come here, box. Come here, box, box, box. Yeah. Everyone, just talk amongst oh, no, yourself. Seventy six. Well, we'll give the uh, so let's go out to the lobby. Let's go out to the lobby. Let's go out to the lobby to get yourself a snack. Hey, and Phil's back. Uh oh, mystery pipe. He said it was when it's backfiring already. It is. It's already backfiring. Yeah. That's the sound of something. I can already tell you what it is. It's yeah. A, yeah, me it's too. It's a two to one. So, seal. come on. All right, you it's fucking wizards. It's a seal. It's a Hold seal. on. No. It looks like a seal. No. It's a seal. Hold it up a Am little bit. Am I allowed higher. to feel it? No, you're not allowed to feel it. Oh. It's too seal big. It's too fat. That's what she said. Hold it up higher. The Gucci pipe. Oh, okay. Yeah. What is it? Gucci Scrambler pipe. pipe. Scrambler, I know it's a scrambler pipe. I just think the gate. It's a it's a uh, CB or CL three fifty pipe. No, the diameter's too big. You think? I think that's too fat. It's only a single pipe, unless it's missing one of the the other sides. I, I think they're not bracketed it. together. It only has the one side. Oh, oh yeah, oh, that is. Oh yeah. It just doesn't have the one. It's, it's pipe porn. <laughs> wow. Now he just sent that to you. So Mike. 
I guess there was this bike, this did salad bike. Did he owe you something? What's that? Oh, that was said, the one. No, he gave me money. I gave him money. Oh, okay. That was the one. That was the one. I hope there's another pipe for it somewhere. Well, I do have another pipe for it, but... So, yeah. This is a... So... CL350. CL350 pipe. Yeah, CL350 pipe. That's what I thought it was. Yeah. And what made these such a bitch is that the whole... The whole <clears throat> lower one is welded together. Or, I'm sorry, the whole upper one is welded together, but the bottom one's not. So they welded half of it, and the other half they didn't bother to weld. So it's half a slip-on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, and you can't slip it on shit because, well, you see, it just comes off the bracket. So one is fixed wow. and the other one's a slip-on. Now, what year is that? Because my 71, but they were both welded. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I can tell you that that one's not. So. And it's got the coolest... Moisture drip. The moisture drip oh, yeah, coming out the side. So cool. Yeah, it is pretty. It is pretty, pretty, uh, pretty snazzy. But so yeah, I have a CL three fifty that needed an exhaust system. That'll clean up nice with some steel wool and chrome polish. I think this one will clean up nice. I actually do think this one will look pretty good by the time we're risky. done with it. Yeah, by the time we're actually done with it, it'll probably look pretty awesome. I'm hoping that the other pipe is around there somewhere. I see some more bubble wrap, so maybe it is. But yeah, so thanks, Mike, and the folks from the motorcycles and misfits for. Sending this part across America. Yeah. And it's not and that's not a small feat because that's son of a bitch. That's a that's a packing nightmare as we say. The uh but the, the It's a bit of an unpacking nightmare too if you watched what Phil was doing. Well, I'm just swinging a blade around. The uh the irony is I know I'm personally responsible for throwing away seven or eight of those. And I've thrown away seven or eight of those that are in better condition than the one I just paid to ship across America. Because there was a time in this nation's history where we thought scrambler pipes were Camaro. And we were like, get those off of that motorcycle. You're not taking that bike in the dirt. That bike can't go in the dirt. I love scrambler pipes. <laughs> <laughs> well, back in the day, we didn't. Back in the day, we were like, that's not a dirt bike. This is a dirt bike. And so kind of as a shout... As a shout of animosity towards our our own history of fucked up things that didn't do the job right, just like get rid of that. Like, put, put, you're driving it on the street. Put street pipes on it. What are you doing? <laughs> those those high pipes suck. Animosity and acrimony. I have a pair up in my a little acri- acrimonious behavior. That's right. A little acrimony <laughs> to go with your alimony check. <laughs> I you sold the those... pipes off my CL for the. Same price I bought the bike for. Yeah, see? That's called demand. Yep. That funded my project. Did you have fun with that? Tequila. And you know what? We're not even half done yet. It's not just for breakfast. You know, the problem with a bottle that heavy is you have no way to judge how how bad you're doing or how good you're doing. Because the bottle's fucking heavy on its own. And you're like, look, there's still plenty. Oh, it's empty. All I see is my eye in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's reflecting back. No, you're looking into the future. I don't think there's a worm in that one. If there is. Oh, that would be a stealth worm. You do a black bottle with a worm in the bottom, and all of a sudden you're like, look, look, look. I'm not drinking this stuff. The worm's never a good idea. The, uh... So, uh, anybody have any other motorcycle things to talk about? Anybody break, break anything that they can't fix? No, but but I was out looking at Africa twins. You were? <laughs> oh my god! 
You gotta love the oh Hoff, man. <laughs> Nothing slows him down, baby. Don't you have some kids still to pay for in college or something? <laughs> they have to fend for themselves. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, when there's an Africa <laughs> twin at stake, <laughs> there's this rejuvenating financial supply called blood plasma. <laughs> right, exactly. I Did you see that? I only have a thousand more donations <laughs> until I can get that. <laughs> Kevin Moore got a CT70, a nice little blue one. Oh, I liked it. No, I don't know what truck he had it in, but it was like the perfect color for whatever mm-hmm. pickup yeah. truck he was on. It was the hugger or the yeah, the blue. Yeah, he yeah. should just like have a mount for that CT70 in that truck, and it'll always have a little mm. perfect, like the little up mount, a, a little away vehicle. Dustin and I moved some, we moved some CT70s around. Yeah, yeah, we were making room at the shop. The service department was getting a little crowded. We said we have so to we, get them going for Mid Ohio this year. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Are you doing Mid-Ohio this year? Yeah. Well, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking maybe I won't do a booth. I'm thinking, you know, Liza's coming out, and now we just found out that Knock is coming out too, mm. which is a bonus because I like Knock. He's a good dude. And uh, so they're both coming out for her 50th birthday. And <laughs> Cleveland for her 50th birthday. Well, she's traveling <laughs> around. She's going to go to New Orleans. She's going to okay. go to Disney. and like She's doing a bunch of stuff, but she wanted to do Mid-Ohio for a long time. And like... Part of doing the booth at Mid-Ohio is unless you have, like, an absolute goal, the booth holds you hostage. Yep. <clears throat> You're just stuck in the fucking booth, man. And there's racing I want to see. There's all kinds of fun shit I'd like to do. <laughs> and the booth does give you a ground zero to have people meeting in. So does the bus. But so does the bus. <laughs> so does the camping bus spot. Is, right. The bus so is does calling. the camping spot. Right, exactly. And the bus is hard to not see. It's much easier to find me in the big yellow bus than it is to find me in booth spot number 1146Z. Plus, you know? I, at this point, I'm a left. between I'm being, a left. okay, BJMC members, you could put a bike over there for free. Yeah. And you know a half a dozen other people who have spots. And if mm-hmm. you said, hey, bro, yeah. Eastside Bob, can I put this bike here? If you sell it, get, give me this much money. You sell it for more, I'll yeah. take whatever. That's fine. Like, yeah. You could offload stuff mm-hmm. that way. That's true. Plus, an, an incredible number of people... Everybody runs through the swap meet, but they also take a cruise through the campground just to see what's yeah, going on just down to see there. See what's going on. I've been paid by VGMC dues in years, and they refuse to let me stop being a member. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing. They are than going me. to force was, you to be a member. Aren't I they? was a uh, I was a VGMC field rep, and they pretty yeah. much kicked me out. Yeah, of course. You know that's what I, happens I didn't when pay you my, didn't pay my dues. I was like, eh. Oh yeah. That's not a current color scheme, you is can't it? Can't find a way to make me a free. That looks old. The number of people who I've made join this club, then. That's a 750 remember. Africa Twin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a V Twin. That's oh. the V Twin. It's the NXR. Yeah. yeah, the NXR 750 Africa Twin. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, did you find one of these illegal gray market no, bikes? I, uh, no. From the early <laughs> I 90s. Look back. Uh, but I would like to have one of those. <clears throat> yeah. That fellow that was uh, there's a German fellow running around America, running around the world actually on a 750 Africa Twin. Gunter. Um, I don't know if that's his name, but I know he's a tattoo artist. No, Sprocket. <laughs> <laughs> And he is here to pump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, but yeah, it is a, uh, yeah, those, is, that's a, is that a V-twin or a parallel? It's a parallel twin. Parallel twin, okay, yeah. Yeah. Just under a thousand cc's. Mm-hmm. And I've. Buck a cc. I saw them at the show. Yeah. I like the weight of them. I like yeah. the center of gravity. I like everything about them. But how do you know what it is until you ride one? Oh, of course. Yeah, you can't. Right. But all the reviews, they have them in Europe, so the guys that are re- reviewing them in Europe really love them. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah. How long have they had it as the 1,000cc uh, in Europe? 
I think it's since its introduction. Because I, mean, I would be very cautious about it just buying. Early, it was just here. It was just introduced yeah. in Europe. I mean, it came out in Europe. I think in October, maybe in October. Yeah. I think it was released in October. Right. And they they just said that at eighty five, it kind of gets lungy. <laughs> lungy. But, it's but a thousand cc yeah. motorcycle. But for, for me, <clears throat> yeah. But for me, you know, I, I'm not like you. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> You're never, only above hundred. I will only. I will. I will. I will always be angry driving under 85 miles an hour. I will always be upset. So I'm just Africa curious right now. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think? Uh, do you think that with Hondas, twin, twin curious? Yeah. The, uh, do you He's think been with keeping that line modern Hondas all day? <laughs> no, I just came up. <laughs> do you think that with modern Hondas, it would it would be better for you to wait one year? To let them get the first year of EPA bugs out of the system, you know I like what they've done to the NC 700X. Mm-hmm. I mean the the, in, the tiny improvements they've made makes that bike a lot better than what it was yeah. when I the one that yeah. I owned when they first came out. And that's what I think that maybe yeah. a year or just wait for somebody to to slide I, one on the ground. Some, some oh that's the best thing. to slide oh. one down and pick it up for a few thousand less. Well, then, hell, the way they total bikes out these days, there's really it's almost obscene how quickly a bike can get totaled out, especially a first or second year, you know, a one or two year old bike. Right. So uh, that's that's so, almost what I would prefer yeah. to do. And oh, if you're going to get it dirty anyway, might as well buy one that's salvage or. Did you ever heard crashed. of Racer's Edge? Yes, down in Bessel. Down there. Okay, mm-hmm. so I was on their webpage today, yeah. and you talk about bikes that have been totaled out or whatever. Yeah. That's all they have on this webpage, yeah. starting from Harley Davidson down to everything. You want an eighteen hundred dollars CBR six hundred yep. with some scuffs on the left side, sure. right side. It's going to come many with a salvage title. It's going to have a salvage title. Have a salvage title. But yeah. damn, there's a lot of stuff there that yeah. hey, if you just want a nice bike to run and you're right. willing to live with some blemishes or a right. dent in the tank, yeah, you're they good specialize to go. in salvage titles. They specialize in bikes that have a salvage title. So, but if you if you look at their bikes pretty closely. They're all on hold or something like that. So yeah. Well, some, some of this, a lot well, of a lot of the, the juiciest deals, a lot of the juiciest deals look like they were on hold. Somebody was sloping, but their deal is five hundred dollars down and five hundred dollars a month or something like that. You can you can you can take them like they're they're like here, take it. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But there were a couple though. There was like a, a Ninja six fifty or something yeah. for like fifteen hundred bucks that yeah. had nine thousand miles on it. Yeah. Was it a race bike though? No, Is that why it's called uh, Racer's Edge? Nah, no, no, no. It's they have they have everything. I mean, yeah, they, they had a bunch everything. of Harleys. Yeah. It's ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like if you wanted to, what dude? Harleys are race bikes too. Yeah. They did not have a Mooglide. A Mooglide. I, I want a Mooglide that's been milked. <laughs> been milked. <laughs> we catch Steve out in his garage with his Mooglide up, up on a bike stand. Hey, I love me a salvage oil. I go on Craigslist and play in salvage title. That's fine. Salvage title is one of those things. It's a very fine line. If you're a mechanic and if you've got skills, buying a bike with a salvage title, especially if you're careful when you buy it. I've gone to those auctions for years, and the bad sign is when you go to look at a CBR 929 or something, and you get out there, and it's got a salvage title, and then you go out and you see that the back tire's completely been smoked off the rim, so you know that somebody... You know, either they either they fucked up and they realized they fucked up and they realized the salvage company is going to come in and get the bike anyway, so they took it out for one last hurrah. Or it was a theft recovery. Or it was a theft recovery. In which case, it is it is pretty easy to find a bike with, you know, no ability to get into second gear. Very popular on sport bikes. 
you know, if you're okay shifting from one to three for the rest of your life, because taking it apart and making that repair, it's going to cost you. You know? I like that these guys had a video for every bike. Oh, did they really? Of them starting it up and riding it. That's cool. And so that, yeah. theoretically, I would think you could at least take right. it for a ride around their parking lot. Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. Uh-huh. And that's, the you know, we have a lot of people that come into the shop and say, well, I'm looking at this bike on whatever forum, and it's only $1,250 or twelve, you know, eighteen fifty or whatever. And I'm like, wow, that's really something. And then the, I say, what's the catch? Oh, well, it has a salvage title. Wow. And then I usually just say, well, that's, that's, that's you, baby. If you want to convert track day bike. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, but you, I don't, can you convert a salvage channel from out of state to Ohio? No, you're. It uh, has to be in Ohio. Here's right? the rules. The rules are simple. You can bring, and I have done it, you can bring salvage titles from other states into the state of Ohio. You can get titles made. Your title will always be branded as salvage. Rebuilt. Rebuilt. Rebuilt mm-hmm. right. salvage. Yeah. If you bring the bike in and you want to put it on the street, you are going to have to go and get it inspected. In our state, the state highway patrol does the inspections. I've been through a number of them. The people that do those inspections, thorough is not a long enough word for what they are. And if there's anything wrong with it, they're going to find it. And what's interesting, too, is they don't just look at the bike. They want to see the repair sheet. And you can't have eBay receipts. It has to be. You have to to have receipts. Yeah, receipts. When you take the bikes in, you need to have receipts for the repairs that caused the bike to be titled salvaged in the first place. So if it was salvaged due to body work or an exhaust or whatever, they're going to look and they want to see receipts for the body work and for the exhaust and everything else. It's not exactly easy. It may be easy in other states, but I'm going to simply say in our state. It'll, first of all, the title will never be unbranded. Nope. But you will need to have a salvage vehicle inspection just to get plates on it. And that could be a problem. You know, if you're not willing to have some shop provide you with. I would almost say you'd be better off taking it in, make it DOT legal, meaning lights, turn singles, horn, all that kind of stuff. If bodywork is messed up. Right. Leave, leave, it it, leave it off yeah. or leave it as leave is off. and yeah. say, it was cosmetic oh. damage. Yeah. I'm not going to fix it. Because if you replace a piece of bodywork, yep. you have to have, if it's a used piece, right. it has to be from a salvage yard because mm-hmm. they're trying to make sure you, you didn't, you didn't steal a bike and strip everything off of it and right. throw it onto this one. It is. They're very careful. I was very surprised. We've had a couple of scooters <clears throat> that have been theft recovery, and we've had a couple of scooters that have been salvage recovery. And we've taken them in, and we go through the procedure. And it's a $75 thing. It takes you hours of waiting in line. And then when you do Don't get there... Don't even try to call to schedule. you got to no, schedule no, no. it. You they gotta, schedule you. If you're late, you're, right, if you're late, you're fucked. Out, and right now, it's yep. like two months. In it's a month or two yeah. out. And so if you are going to get into the idea of a salvage bike, just make sure you're fully aware. Anybody who tries to tell you, oh, it's no big deal, just go and get it inspected, you get down the road. It's, no, man, that is a person who's not done it. Yeah. <laughs> I took my... I got a Mercedes, and... Mm-hmm. The guy, I got rear-ended. Yeah. So they issued a salvage title, and I just took a sledgehammer. I pounded out all the damage. Ah. And I put back, so <laughs> yeah. I took it up to the, you know, after right. two, after like it was six weeks, I got in for yeah. an inspection. I pull it in, and at that exact moment, it decides to leak fuel. Oh, oh man. So it's leaking on the floor, and I'm waiting in the room, and the guy yeah. comes out. He goes, get that pile of shit yeah. out of my garage. It smells. And I'm like, did it pass? He said, 
he gives me the he passed it. He passed he said, it. Get that pile of shit out. Jesus of Christ! Because the guys that do the inspections I've gone to are all state troopers, and they're all state troopers who are wearing coveralls made into state trooper uniforms. So they've got their polished gun belt and their oh, yeah, pistol, and everything's like they have brilliant shine on their boots. Like these guys are ready for class one inspection at any moment, and uh, they're uh, they're very serious about their job, and they take it seriously. Their whole inspection bay it looks like a surgical suite. It's so clean. You can tell they have too much time on their hands. They're not taking anything apart or putting it back together. They just they no, all they really just, need is a flashlight. They're just really a pair of the glasses to look first. at all your paperwork. Yeah, they check the VIN number yeah. first, and then. If that clears, then they go, like you said, they go through it with a surgical... Before they even let me pull the bike into the bay, usually, they spend a solid eight to ten minutes on paperwork. Just making sure that I've got my receipts, that I've got everything involved. And we're a shop. We have the ability to generate whatever receipt we need for the job we're doing right here on the spot. And I go in there and take this whole stack of paper in there, and the guy's going like, Oh, so what was replaced? You know, and it's it turns into a game of like show me on the doll where the man touched you, <laughs> because it's it's literally okay. Now that I know where I'm looking for the problems, I'm gonna look super duper hard in that area, and they do, and they they really do check it out like crazy. If you've got a wire unplugged, they don't like passing you, and I'm like, well, th- those wires go to the turn signals that the DOT doesn't let the manufacturer use. There's extra wires that go up here to the ugly turn signals that are on the handlebars that are DOT approved. Oh, like a buddy. Yeah. With a euro. And they'll look at and they'll yeah. go, nope, there's wires unplugged. I'm failing you. I'm like, but those wires go to things that aren't allowed to be in this country. Yeah, there's wires unplugged. I'm failing you. But the turn signals all work. Yeah, but those wires are obviously are disconnected. They don't. Like, they were disconnected from the fucking factory. You know, they, they didn't. They were not connected because apparently we don't rate sexy turn signals in this country. We have to have ugly turn signals in this country. Satellites, right? Yeah, they're they're the turn signals down there in the body of the buddy. But because those turn signals are less than 18 inches apart or because they're They're 18 inches lower than the headlight or some nonsense, they're no longer safe as turn signals. Americans can't see as well as Europeans. Yeah, and yet the Stella turn signals... No, we just drive freaking SUVs that are too high to see. Well, the Stella turn signals are in the exact same ratio, distance down and far apart, as the buddy ones, but they're okay. That's a hobby vehicle. (laughs) (laughs) That's not an actual... You would never try to go to work on one of those. (laughs) You know, we were talking about it... It goes along the line with all this about, like, the stolen bikes and impound bikes and all that. And I just remember a while back, I think I had texted you about this, and it turned out just to be a freaking joke. Um, A friend of mine had texted me an article of the Cleveland Police impound lot doing an auction. It was like, first come, first serve. Yeah, they had a bunch of dirt bikes. blowing shit out. Yeah, well, that's what I was getting at. I was like, oh, my God. They're like, and there's pictures on the website. I go to the website. It's all crashed quads and dirt bikes. Yeah. No way. Like, all stolen, crashed yeah. by those 12 o'clock boys, yeah. and, and just left on the side of the road. Yeah. And you could have had your pick of any of them. Oh, take as many dirt bikes <laughs> as you can fucking grab, KTMs. man. KTMs. Oh, my yeah. God, they had yeah, everything. Uh, yeah. It was a really good selection of bikes. But uh, yeah. but they were all destroyed. They were, yeah, they were, and they throw them in a pile. Yeah. They don't, yeah. They, no, no. They're not on the kickstand. No. They're not oh, anywhere. They're like in a they're pile. Literally there was a, a pile. line of them yeah. just like herringbone together, just leaning <laughs> on each other. I was like, well, what if I want the one in the middle? No, if you want the one in the middle... Then they come with the forklift and stab all the other ones and, and pull it away. Yeah, there wasn't a solid bike. I mean, there's a lot of crash sport bikes, too, but there yeah. wasn't an intact motorcycle. It wasn't like somebody 
had illegally parked their bike and it got impounded. The one thing to nicely. know about that though is <laughs> those bikes got impounded because somebody was riding them and got arrested. Yes, and they got impounded, or right. they were stolen and never recovered. Right, but yeah. you know what I'm saying. So right. a lot of them, like the quads, especially, were probably being ridden when. Oh, I would assume that they were probably be, being ridden very aggressively when they were impounded. When they were impounded, <laughs> yeah. so there's right. a good chance that you can yeah. make it run. Yeah, my brother lives out in the the suburbs, uh, well, in the country. And it's become a real problem and where he lives because everybody on his everybody out where he lives has quads in the garage. They, they just, that's li- part of living in Chardon. That's part of living in Chesterland. Everybody has quads in the garage, but it's also Chardon Chesterland. So not many, not too many people are really aggressive about locking their garages up because they figure, well, we're out in the country. We are our driveways mile and a half long, whatever. And there's just a huge rash of. Stolen quads. And you know where those quads are ending up? East Cleveland. They are not ending up East in Mount Seattle, Cleveland. Washington. The Mount Pleasant Wheelie yeah. Kings. They are ending up in <laughs> yeah. Mount Pleasant. Yeah. Yeah. They're not leaving state. They're leaving Chardon. They're leaving Well, Chesterland. And, and yeah. you know, the fun thing is the city of Cleveland has that auction. Remember, I went down there? Yeah. And so they end up picking up all these bikes. Yeah. And That's what we were the, just talking about. Using the bathroom. Sorry. Oh. Uh, all right, never mind. You don't have the audio pumped into the bathroom yeah, yet? Can, Come on. Can, continue. He, he took his lavalier off. Yeah. <laughs> You're supposed to when you go to the bathroom. The, uh, But, yeah, and that is exactly it. That's, you know, I would be very careful about running a stolen quad or a stolen dirt bike just for fear of coming across the original owner, hmm. you know, hmm. because I'm sure it's Fair one of those. guns. Well, yeah, and the thing is, you know when that bike was stolen, they might have had a $7,000 quad. It was three years old. It was stolen, so the insurance company gave them $3,900 for it. So they're probably a little pissed because they can't replace their $7,000 quad with $3,900. So when they see you rocking... They can barely pay off their financing with that. Exactly. So when they see you rocking the quad, that's like, wait, I put all that cool shit on that quad. I put those tap-out stickers on there. (laughs) (laughs) That's mine. Right. Uh, yeah. That's where I would be a little more nervous being like having somebody run up and repossess their repossess their quad from me. Aggressively. Well, I'm, I'm the guy that would be that way. I'm like, look, I have a quad because I'm not a quad guy. And I'd be out there being like Johnny McSlowpants driving around like, look at me on my quad. And somebody would come up Johnny to me hostile. And I would just, I can't run away from them. I bought a, a, I bought a quad. Uh, a few years ago, yeah, and I took it to the wastewater plant, and I was riding around the, in the yeah, sludge at least you have everything a else. You have a place and to then use uh, it. I wanted to take it to New York and go on the fire roads ah, because yeah. you used to be able to get a license through, uh, through the loggers yeah. to go on the logging roads and stuff and ride in the you know the woods. It was really well, hell, cool. that seems like a good idea. So of course I buy it. And right. I changed the rule that year that you're not allowed to use a quad. Oh, and we use God. like a dirt bike, dirt bike, or, a, or yeah. an enduro, or whatever right. stuff. What do they uh, have against quads? I, I can don't think know. of like 18 things. <laughs> right, right off the top of my head. Just gonna go out there on a limb. Yeah, they're probably really sick of, and then coming out and finding giant swaths of their planet. Right, just tore <laughs> 12 feet away from where it's supposed to be. Because <laughs> I mean, a dirt bike can get through places pretty. Gingerly, it doesn't really impact too much. But I see quads go through, and usually it's just like the quad goes through, and now it's raining dirt for the next seventeen minutes. Dirt bikes can impact hard at times. Yes. 
Yeah, tell me how you know that, Dustin. <laughs> Experience. How does that dirt taste? <laughs> oh. well, I can tell you that it I'll tell you, Lake dirt does not taste yeah. good. For everything. Yeah. <laughs> For everything. We had a customer bring in... A, what do you think? What vintage is that Kawasaki KLX or KLR six fifty? Oh, it's, it's Miami Vice. It's like eighty five six. Oh, it's one of those pink and green. Uh, it's it's like blue and, green, green, green and blue and white. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely Miami Vice era KLR. And you know, we put a new gas tank on it for him and did some other stuff. And I got on the Threw bike for a loop though because the, he brought the gas tank. Uh, and the gas tank that was on it was the 49 state gas tank. Right. The gas tank he bought was a California, California tank. California gas tank. So, so the 49 state gas tank. Extra, like, uh... Yeah, 49 state gas tank has one nipple. Right. And <laughs> the California tank has two nipples. Right. It's like, <laughs> what, does, what does the extra nipple do? Uh, well, apparently the California one, of course, had an EVAP system on it. Right. Yeah. And uh, it was pretty easy to figure <laughs> out. Just run the one as normal and plug the other. Plug so. the nipple. When in doubt, plug the nipple. But the uh, the gas tank that he supplied... Looks worse than the gas tank was on the bike, <laughs> but it doesn't leak. It doesn't leak. I'll give him that. It does not leak, but it looks like a bag of smashed assholes. It's just terrible. <laughs> and the uh, and I got on the bike once Dustin got it running today. I was like, oh, I'm going to take it for a test ride. I literally I pulled it out of the bay. I jumped. We have a little cur- we have little curbs that take you out into the grassy area. So I jumped the little curb because I was going on the grass and play a little bit. I was like, it's KLR, and I jumped the little curb. And as soon as I jumped the curb. It took me halfway through the front yard to stop bouncing. <laughs> there are no; these are just springs, man. There's no oil or dampening. It is just springs, and it was just one of those ones where you you just smack its ass and ride the wave in because there is no way this bike is ever going to stop cavitating going down the road. I was the shortest test ride ever. I was like, oh boy, we're getting off this right now. He's going to come in and be like some six foot two, 130 pound skinny guy and like He's not, got, not notice that that's happening. He has quite a bit of farkle on the bike to suggest that he puts miles on it. And there was like 49,000 miles on the odometer. Yeah. But I'm, like, I can't imagine riding this bike. 49,000? Yeah, 49,000 miles on the odometer. Wow. Yeah. That's it's a well loved <laughs> But I mean, you can buy a replacement set of KLR shocks, takeoffs, for like 100 bucks. And stop the back end going, and it does, not only does it do the thing, but it makes the awesome noise, too, where it literally goes, as it's going down the road. And that's why I said, shortest test ride ever. I'm like, I'm not doing this. I'm going to get myself into, like, a death wobble oscillation. Like, how did he die? I don't know. I just saw this flash of white and blue and green. It was like he was riding a bucking bronco. It was kicking the back tire off the ground. His feet were higher than the speedometer. (laughs) Yeah. I've had about enough of that. Flying a... Yeah, it was crazy. So, yeah, it was just a wackadoodle bike. It's actually a good running bike, though. It's, it's, it started and ran real nice. Fired like, right up like and was 49,000 miles, that bike was happy as fuck. Well broken in. Well broken <laughs> in, exactly. When you do get a well broken in bike, it's a lot of fun. But well, see, that was funny because when you t- went to test ride, I was like, oh, I wanted to test ride a KLR. And then you come around front and you're like, look at this. <laughs> it feels like, wing, I gave wing. it one good bounce. I, gave it, I, like, I got up on the pegs and dropped my ass hard on the seat. And it bounced all the way into the showroom. It like squeak, 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 squeak. <laughs> I thought Phil was purposely no bouncing. That was one. It was the bike bouncing him. <laughs> that was one hit, and it just carried it through the whole way. The hippity hop. It was a waveform, man. It was so wild. The uh, it, it's it's cool. It's fun. It's fun springtime because we're getting some bikes in that we haven't seen before. It's always fun getting. You know, it's one thing you get a bike in, you've worked on it three times or whatever. Well, not this one again. Yeah, right. Oh, here, look at look who's back. And uh, we're starting to get some weirdo bikes, some, some weird shit. Yes, Dustin was right. This is definitely the week of the 
small dirt bikes. XR100. Yeah. Uh, and it's and it's us being like CRF eighty F. You don't want to fix this. You probably want to sell this to us, right? For a right. hundred dollars. Yeah. Oh no no no. No, I'm trying. I'm trying real hard. Yeah. I'm gonna pick myself up a sweet, extremely fucked up XR XR one hundred. I couldn't believe like, the guy paid the ticket on that. I w- I really want to get a one hundred dollar XR one hundred. The right one's gonna come along. I had an XL eighty. Yeah. Yeah. With the lights and everything with it. Oh, really? Clean. Lights on an 80? Oh, yeah. It Holy was, it was shit. Fun. That's genius. But the Is guy street legal? It was well, street legal. Yeah, lights and the, whole oh, the guy ran it without an air filter for so long that there must have been like a, the bore was probably yeah. like. It was a 110cc bike at that point. Right. <laughs> but there was with like a, a 79 half inch gap around the piston. Yeah. Yeah. So now what are you doing with it? I got rid of it. Oh. This though, I but have, it was fun to ride. But I mean, it had no I have a 100 C, uh, actually a 106 C. Well, yeah. Was somebody's a, peanut butter in your chocolate? There was a one. I have a motor that was out of the Lake Ken Carlson's Lake oh, the Lake Bike, Bike. extra yeah. motor, which yeah. would fit right in that, which was a 100 C C bored out to a 125 and. Well, I've been looking for a bike to put my donor motor. Oh, oh, you would if not. I still believe. had it. I would have given it to you, but that the other day I found out that riding a riding that CR. That CRF80F riding that thing around the shop with flat tires, with 100% flat tires on the grass, is that should be the challenge. That should be the new DUI test because it's harder than you think. Like to get it kick started, to get it in gear, and to ride it around the building on wet grass when you are literally these tires are factory original from the early 80s. And the rear knobby is actually bald. It's bald as an egg. Yeah. Yeah. There's knobbies coming out no. the side. No. It's There's like a, actual it's, it's shadows. There's shadows of knobbies on the tire. Yeah. And it's trying to ride it. I was, Dustin's like, oh, you're going to run that? Like, you're going to physically walk it around the building? Fuck no, I don't walk anywhere. This bike has a motor. Third I didn't kick, know it ran. No, I didn't either, but third kick, that thing fired up with a vengeance. And so I just whiskey throttled it the whole way because I wasn't going to give the carburetor a chance to even think about working. And so I just kept it open, but riding it with, and it's a little tiny bike. <laughs> like, I know eight-year-olds who are too big for this bike, but it was so much fun because yeah, it, it's out of control. Like, it's just drunk. It's a drunk monkey. Yeah. And that's what I'm hoping for. Like, for Mid-Ohio this year and for Bandcamp this year, I'm really looking forward to super sketchy, wobbly bikes at low speeds for, like, two days. <laughs> and if we can keep the mud down, that'd be nice, too. Because I would like to be able to have... Yeah, mud adds its own fun factor. Yeah, I disagree. I, I totally disagree. Well, I have a bus. Say it's the man with I the I have a bus that doesn't like bus. wet grass. <laughs> what, I, what I'm hoping is somebody comes into the shop for mid-Ohio. Right. One of these dirt bike people that's willing to just be like, well, I don't want to pay that much for it, so okay. what do you give me for it? 240 at left. I just, I just bought a black cat. <clears throat> which is a genuine. Those are a lot of fun. They are a lot of fun, and I just bought one for four hundred bucks. Okay, I know. I put a battery in it, so I'm up to like four sixty. Yeah, but it's got three hundred and seventy-eight miles on it. They took all the fun stickers off though, because they these things came decorated from the factory like a pack of firecrackers. Yeah, and so somebody had taken off all the. All the fun stickers. Jerk. So now it just kind of looks like Ronald McDonald's scooter. It does. <laughs> you need to paint white stripes on that red fender. Buy a sticker right. kit. I like those stickers. I did. I like those stickers too. I thought the black cat looked really, really cool. Light fuse and getaway. Use only under adult supervision. Those were all emblazoned all over the bike with the big cat face from the black cat sticker company. What cat happened to your Rattler 110? It went to a dude 
who keeps snakes. That was a fun bike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It was fun because it was 110 cc two stroke with the pipe and big fat carb on it and all the other shit. It went to a dude who keeps snakes, and like most people I've ever run into in my life, if you keep snakes, you're a, you're a bit of a weirdo. And uh, yeah, so and he wanted a rattler. He wanted a rattler, and he had a snakeskin seat for it. Nice. He made a snakeskin nice. seat for it. Out but, of one of his snakes? Oh, I would. First did, snake that looked at me wrong, I'd be like, Did it have nipples? You're, it have nipples? <laughs> you're a seat and you're some boots. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I got no use for you. Uh, but there, that rattler was fun. But the, uh, but the Black Hat's a perfect mid Ohio bike. Mm-hmm. And that, the trick with that is to not sell it too fast. Right. To make sure you get all the way through Sunday without selling your ride. Then hose the mud off. Hose the mud off and sell it on Sunday, yeah. I just kind of showed up with this. Yeah, look at this. Well, that last one went too fast. Because we showed up like late on Saturday and sold that Zuma. Right out from under me. Right out from under me. Like, that Zuma went away fast. First time we did a lap, some dude chased us down in the aisles. Mm. Had to have it for too much money. Come mm-hmm. on and zoom, come on and zoom, oh my come God. on God, he was zoom, 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 zoom. God. Zoom. Uh, but yeah, we got to find the right bikes for mid-Ohio. Because the right bike for Mid Ohio is like nothing over. The right bike CCs. is like well, or or like a, or an old uh, you know DT four hundred with no baffle. And yes, the pipe yeah. falling off. Yes, and absolutely. Just like ridiculous right. thing. Bang, 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 Just run around like an asshole and just do laps, 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 and never stop. Or back and forth, back and forth, back. That's the right bike for Mid Ohio. And it's always a bike, too. You have to have a bike that you're completely willing to sell. Don't take anything there you like too much. Because you're going to get constantly barraged by people who are like, Hey, I want to sell that, I want to sell that. That's going to happen anyway. So, And rather than telling people, fuck off. No. Take it the other direction and be like, yes, this is a bike I do want to sell. Well, how much will you take for it? Uh, if I can... And then just open your bidding with three times as much as you want to get. Because... People take it as an insult if you say, no, no, that price is firm. Then they're like, oh, you, you didn't read the, read the rule book. <clears throat> didn't, did you buy a ticket to get in here? Did you not look at the back of your ticket? Haggling is required. <laughs> Mandatory. If that you don't haggle, fun. they will throw your ass out of that place. Yeah. So I rode my XT250 all week. Yeah? How was that? It's great. Yeah. So I, I didn't want to ride it because it had under 1,000 miles. Did you put your long hippie, hippie, hippie wig on? Yeah. <laughs> Put on uh, some cut-off jean yeah. shorts, put a big hippie wig on. <laughs> Your Mountain Dew t-shirt. Put a Mountain Dew t-shirt on, yeah. You should have a whole outfit when you ride that bike. What year is that thing? Go, man. Uh, it's an 81. Shit. There Come you on, go. man. <laughs> Come, just get some giant bell bottoms. You got to go full thing. Spicoli on that. Yeah, that is truly, that bike is the spirit of the 70s. Yeah. I love it. I, it was actually very fun. I'm sure it was. Except it tops out at 55. <laughs> Well, how many cc's is it? 250. But it's geared. No, it's the, the sprocket, sprocket is as big as other bikes' tires. You can have fun at 55 miles an hour. No, it's a long puller. I mean, that thing is really a, a You can true. climb a tree. You can climb a tree. You can also wheelie to Mars. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the, the trick of, well, we could change things about the motor, or we could just put a bigger fucking sprocket on it. Let's just put a bigger fucking sprocket on it. Yeah. I'm surprised it's not one of those bikes that has two sprockets on it. Oh yeah, the what the inner and outer. Yeah, yeah, like a. I always look at that like the old 
what were they? And CT what do you 200s? do with all the extra chain? Yeah, you have an extra piece that you take yeah. with us with yep. two master links. Which which is fucking mental. And what do you like, do? Put it in your pocket. Yeah, you, <laughs> carry, you carry around a twelve inch long piece of chain that goes under the seat yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. to come. Hold on, I have to change my chain. Right. Like you guys just wait. Right. Okay, we're oh, done. Oh, what's yeah. this here? What's we're, this? Oh, look at that! Oh, yeah, look at that! Royal Enfield. Royal Enfield exhaust. Wow. Surprised it didn't hurt. Dustin came forward to the shop and he's like, "Do you know there's a layer of Do we have any Neosporin?" I was like, "No, skip Neosporin. <laughs> go straight to giant ice. Just just go straight to ice." You got to cool that. It's still frying. No, it's still cooking. <laughs> it, 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 like it, like it. it looks like bacon. It does look exactly like bacon. Bacon. It does look like bacon. Bacon looks better than that. Yeah. <laughs> you were you. What happened? Did you drop a tool and you're reaching down for the tool and you? No, your later... friend with her Enfield that was riding around yeah. the one she's yeah, selling. Casey. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she pulled up and she's like, "My speedometer's not working." I'm like, "Speedometer's nowhere near the exhaust. The head pipe, the cable is near the head pipe." Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, "Well, let's check it out." And I, I was went like, in, "No wonder it's not working." I went in to start picking through where the cable was, and I leaned on the bike and heard. <laughs> and I was like, oh, "Fuck!" You know, you know, she should have blown you for that. <laughs> I mean, come on, seriously? You give blood working on her motorcycle. Blow on it. Blow you on weren't it. even. <laughs> yeah, you weren't even on the clock because you're working on her bike. Like she didn't have an appointment or anything. You were just being a good Samaritan, and then she comes in and you fucking burn half your I, arm off. No I mean, I wasn't even going to fix it. I was just going to see if it was just detached and be like, "Hey, fellas, teach you to try to be helpful." Detachable penis. And it's, and what you should have said was, "Not working, huh? Make an appointment. <laughs> Make an appointment." Go talk to Phil. He'll get you in here. I think we'll get you in on Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. You're not even supposed to be talking with customers at all. That's right. See? John knows the rules. She's That's a it. former employee. Former. 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 We don't even let Johnny Chrome talk to Johnny McElfresh on shop hours. They're going to be separated. James comes and runs Hofford out of the place. Are you kidding me? Does he really? me every time I come in. Are you fucking kidding me? Unless what you're the gonna, fuck are you doing here? If unless you're going to work on something... Unless you're stopping those guys from working. You're slowing those guys down. That's the other thing. Lately, he's been trying to put a wrench in your hand. Right, because James... <laughs> like, because billable hours has gotten so out of control at the shop, we have way more work than we can ever accomplish. James looks at every minute as being like, well, Hoffert can wrench a bike. He's here anyway. How about you turn it in a half an hour? How about you turn it in an hour? It'll keep a customer off our back. Yeah, one hand, I'll be doing the electrical. Doing the electrical one hand. The other hand, I'll be doing the motorcycle. Carburetor, the other one. That's fine. This is my (laughs) When I come in the shop, I really don't have time to work on bikes anymore. I really wish I could, honestly. But I always try to give a little consulting, like especially with Luke. I'll be like, what are you working on, Luke? Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? With these, you got to watch out for this. Yeah, absolutely. So I try to help the thing along. Sure. I try to, like... Make my worth, you know. Since yeah, I, I there's, admi- there's there's admission when you come in. You have to like. You try you know, to pay your dues. I try to pay you my dues. Your quarter in the box, in, yeah. And your quarter is thirty years of experience. I give you a little experience, right. a little bit of hey, you know. Right. Wow. Just let you know. Me. Just let I've, you know. I've chewed that dirt before. Yes. Yeah. And then James chases you out. We could pull a plug anytime you're ready, man. Uh, well, uh, well, I think what happened was I made the mistake of telling James like. Hey, we really got to keep the mechanics on on task. The customers are getting in the way because our old shop, the customers had access to the mechanics way too easily, <clears throat> and we learned that the the customers were stealing hours of labor from us. You know, they were just stealing it twice because then that's a half an hour that John's talking to this you know customer 
But it's also a half an hour that's not getting done on the bike he was working it's on. It's one thing to have to do all the work, but then to sit there and try to explain it to somebody or you know, oh, consult yeah. with somebody. Right. Or somebody that comes in and doesn't even want to pay to get work done, but just wants to ask a lot of questions about how to do it themselves. Exactly, right. Yeah. Well, if I'm doing work, that's a billable hour. Plus, I like that but if I'm telling you how to do the work I just did, that's two billable hours. I always enjoyed yeah. being the enigma. The guy behind that, that you could, uh, yeah. but uh, yeah, I'm like, no. You don't look <laughs> enigmish. The, uh, that's, Black hood. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a real enigma. But, there, but like, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. And I've always told people in the past, I was like, you don't understand, sir. You can't go up behind that wall. That's where the mechanics are. We keep them behind a locked door. We throw in a sandwich once a day, and and we let them fight over it, and then we get the fuck out of there. We well, can't <clears> just <throat> skip over parts A, B, and C. At least right. that way, they come in. Oh well, I'll talk to the mechanic, and right. I'll get back to you. Yeah. Right. So many people yeah. don't want to right end their story. Like, no, I've got a question for one of the mechanics. Right. No, I really have a question for one of the mechanics. You don't understand. I mean, know what my mechanic looks like. Yeah. I really want to see my mechanic. I'll write it down. Right. And, and then like, fi- you know, finally comes down to it, and it's like, well, I got this bike, and it. It's got these, you know, two fuel lines off the back of the tank. It's blue. What do I do? <laughs> bring it here. That's right. You bring it. And really, I mean, I, I can't ever, ever tell. Like, that's why James is so militant. Because I made the mistake of making a declarative statement to James one time. We need to make sure that the mechanics stay by the lifts and don't get distracted and, and called away by customers. And then, of course, when you say that to James, James says, this is a mandate. This is... This will be enforced. And so when Hoffert or Mecklefresh are back there dropping knowledge bombs, and James is like, what are you doing? You're slowing down my mechanics? And half the time, James is bullshitting. Like, half the time, you know, he's busting he's just, balls. He's just joking. He does me. that he's in a busting balls, where nobody knows. But nobody knows yeah. he's busting balls because he's the most, he's the most stealth, deadpan yeah. balls he buster. He should be playing poker. And the national whatever. Fuck that. Uh, Fuck you, James. You're busting balls. Right. You want to listen to this podcast. I just like that. This is us talking about how bad you bust my balls. (laughs) That that short period of time that James was on Facebook. I just remember Johnny Chrome was posting something on Facebook, and the first comment was James saying, like, hey, Get to work. I'm not paying you to post on Facebook. <laughs> what I posted, I think, was to fill them. The conversation was between, yeah. and he does that when, like, when you throw out the uh, the blanket and say, "Okay, this is going to be our topic," <laughs> you know, yeah. and somebody starts, we get to talk back and forth, and that. Right. Yeah. With text. Yeah. Yeah. He'll he'll even chime in on the text. You're supposed to be working. Why aren't you working? Whatever. <laughs> I remember a year of my like, life okay, where I worked you... like a freaking robot, right. and he still. <laughs> he's still That's just James, like, man. It's, but, it, but it is. On one hand, we we're we we're joking all the time. Uh, there was the thing he posted up one time. He's like, "Yeah, I'm an asshole, but I'm your asshole." <laughs> We're all assholes. It's oh, just a matter whether I'm your brand asshole. of asshole or not. <laughs> That's right. exactly it. Yeah, I really. It's the truth. Yeah, it's. It I, is, I love James. The personalities oh, are the personalities that I have managed to luck into. Uh, it's. It's. It, when I look at my brother's friends, I always go, "Wow, you have found the exact cast of the Family Guy. Like you have managed to circle yourself with." The American stereotype. You have, you have achieved the American stereotypical suburban existence. That's who your friends are, and I'm like, and my friends. What a parade! <laughs> what, a, what a fucking parade we have. Yeah, yeah, we're about as diverse a group of individuals as you're ever gonna get. 
That's yeah. exactly why I had to get out of the job I worked at for like 10 years. I literally worked with every sitcom and major network television program you can imagine. Like, these people were out of shit you saw on TV that yeah. you didn't actually think existed. Yeah. Like, wait, people actually act like that? Well, I didn't know, said, because my friends don't, you know? One of his work associates was like, I'm going to buy a Lamborghini. I'm going to buy a Lamborghini. Yeah. I'm going to buy a Lamborghini. So, like, no fool, I'm buying a Lamborghini. I'm totally going to own a Lamborghini. I'm like, you make less than I do. Are you 12? Because <laughs> 12-year-olds make that statement. Yeah. I'm going to buy a Lamborghini. Start with Lamborghini poster. We all did. If you're lucky, it's got one that's got, like, Farrah Fawcett coming out of it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I had a Lamborghini. Remember those two was chicks about, from uh, Cannonball Run? One, <laughs> one they had it going on. <laughs> if you give me a poster of the two chicks from Cannonball Run coming out of a Lamborghini, <laughs> I'm going to actually think I'm 10 years old again. I'm 12 years old again. Okay, I worked with people that, that bought cars based on what they thought their status symbol needed to be. Like, oh, I can't own a Toyota. I have to at least have the Lexus, yeah, yeah. or the Audi, or and it's and, and I'm looking at all these people. I'm like, I know damn well I make like twice as much fucking money. Doesn't, as Doesn't do. it doesn't matter, man. A lot of <laughs> people know? judge themselves by that. There are a lot, a lot of people out there, yeah, driving a really nice car, right? That live in a little shitbox condo oh, yeah. that has a couch, a table, right. a TV, and they. They drive their car to work, they work, yeah. they come home, they have to walk their, get home to walk their dog, right. they put yeah. the dog away and then go work out, and that's yeah. just what they do. That, you just named the entire staff of the company I work that, <laughs> They have that, that, that well-manicured... Isn't there a saying? That hypogenic lifestyle. Yeah. The things you own really own you. Oh, no, I've been yeah. saying that for years. I have been a slave to my possessions, and never so more than when I built my own plantation house. Like, like my garage is the bane of my existence because I open up the door to my beautiful, awesome garage and I look in my garage and go, I'll never catch up. <laughs> I will, because they're all, they're all breaking faster than I can fix them. That's the law of entropy. The law of entropy. Energy is slowly winding down. Anarchy wins. Anarchy (laughs) wins. I can never do it. I'm like, the best thing I could do for all these bikes is sell 99.25% of them. Now. Before they get worse, and then concentrate on one. Carbs are right. I'm working on James Robertson with that very thing, trying to get him to sell me that sidecar again. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's like, no, I really want to mess with it. I'm like, ah, don't you think it would be better to just get it out of your garage? You could move on to other stuff. That's a which sidecar, sidecar is three that? other bikes. <clears throat> is that? Which sidecar is that? The one that Kurt used to have. The one that Kurt used to have. Oh, the, the orange, orange one? one? Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, that's, that's a good rig. What's wrong with it? Nothing. Nothing. You're not getting it. It's mine. <laughs> and that's, not the side, and the, that's not the sidecar I want. <laughs> Which one did you want? I want Barney. It, oh, Barney the, the purple sidecar? Yeah, that's being driven around by a lady in sensible shoes. Patricia. Yeah. Oh, you mean they sold it after they didn't Andy Branicky? No, that I just gave them the I just gave them their wedding ride in it. Oh, I thought they actually So I that. I brought them to their wedding in the sidecar rig. Uh, and then it was sold to Patricia. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't remember last right. name, but it's... but yeah, it was sold to them, and they they're running around on it. But if you do if you do ever buy a Vespa based sidecar rig, that is the one to buy because that's got the hot motor, it's got a fireball motor in it, mm-hmm. it's got a twenty two short clutch in it, it's got the Cosa, it's got the T five fourth gear in it. This is all just hums and clicks to people listening to the podcast. But <laughs> no, turn it off. Right. Right. But that like we've proven that. With a person in the sidecar, we were on the shoreway going 65 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. 
I bet you could do it. And I like that one because I was the one who completely tore it down to nothing. We then it got sent off. Literally. Remember when that bike was green? It was green. And <laughs> it was torn down to nothing. Yep. And then I put it all back you together. put it all back together again. Like, that bike has... That was a <clears throat> shit-hot sidecar. And it's overbuilt because we reinforced the frame on that bike mm-hmm. to do the sidecar tricks. And that bike did some sidecar tricks. Mm-hmm. That's that. <laughs> the right tire, the, the sidecar tire... Prior to us selling it to those ladies, that tire had only been on the ground once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee that bike everywhere I went, um, where your side the white, car, wall, the white walls on the left side of it are just yes, gone. Yeah. The white walls on the left side. I had run that bike on the left side walls so bad that the white walls had turned into rim strips. Like they were, yeah, it was that that bike earned it. Okay, so the woman who sold me your Ural sidecar rig came into the shop the other day. She is a handful. Oh. Oh, my goodness. Whoa. Man, the 60s and 70s were good to this woman. As Chris Smith would say, woof. Woof, woof, woof. She's just like, she's had, this is like, she had another, like a BMW sidecar rig before the Ural. All that crazy wiring work, all that crazy nonsense that was done to that bike was done by Yuri. That's so it. So he cut out the whole... Cut out the whole damn thing. Cut out everything, put a battery in the trunk, a big-ass fucking truck battery in the trunk, and was going to run at constant loss. Yeah. And so... And all he had to do was put a diode she, in the freaking generator. Right. So. And the irony is you bought the part that fixed it correctly from yeah. him. right yeah yeah okay so he completely 100 percent. why don't you just put the diode board in right hey there you go (laughs) there's a difference between the engineer and the not an engineer right the engineer knows where to draw the x he didn't know where to draw the x so he cut all the wiring out of it so he put a y on it Right. <laughs> Why? Why? When she told me that, when she was standing in my showroom and she told me that, she goes, well, he did that. He said he was going to fix the electronics and he was going to get rid of a bunch of stuff it didn't need. And all I, to Russia, electronics and all I would have to do is plug it in every night. All I had to do was plug it in every night. I was like, it's not... It's not a Prius. It's not a freaking... It's not a Tesla. I was like, it's a hybrid. It's not a Tesla. All you got to do is plug it in. Right. It's not a Tesla. This is a motorcycle. It makes its own electricity. And she, when she was like, well, I was like, well, what was the name of the mechanic? She says, that guy over on the east side. I can't remember his name. Vladimir or something. I was like, <laughs> was it Yuri? And she goes, yes, it was Yuri. And I was like, well, the ultimate irony is he sold the part that fixed all the problems to the guy who owns it now. His new bike so is called Motoruski. But there's a difference between selling a part and being a troubleshooter. And knowing where it goes. Exactly. That's the difference. If you I, want to know the value. Get that I want to fucking use, tequila away from me. I want to use that bike during the Republican National Convention as Uber. <laughs> I, I want to do that so bad. Can you badly. Uber a sidecar rig? That I don't know. I'm going to try that. No, you don't need to Uber the sidecar rig. You Uber the modern car you have. And then you, you get show your Uber up in this. And you show up and whatever the fuck you want. 
There's nine guys wanting to get in there. Yeah, because they're gonna. It's just gonna show you. It's just gonna say like, oh, well, Steve will be arriving in his 2012 <laughs> Prius. You have to put like an umlauts above the U. Right. And you just literally show up you and be like, hey, 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 you were looking for the 2012 Prius. She's broke. Or just, just get a temporary tag. I brought car. <laughs> get thrown, like bull. Like, get like a temporary bull. tag for the side that says Cleveland Rickshaw. Oh, my <laughs> God. And that, like, the point is you go down and you do work the RNC mm. with your sidecar rig. And just have a bottle of Stoli in <laughs> Sign me up. I'll take a ride. Yeah, best goddamn Uber ever. You see Cleveland in a sidecar rig in the middle of July? Oh, that would be awesome. Come on. Of course it would be awesome. That's right. The only problem would be like people would, like he says, can all four of us fit on there? Yep. Why not? Yep. Let's go for sure. it. Let's right. give it a whirl, baby. We're, no, we're not stopping. He's Russian. He's not fast. Only problem. Break. The only problem would be won't break. Playing the rocket with all the protesters. <laughs> if if it jam, you can hit him with it. <laughs> the. Uh, but yeah, I did so that's Goldwing with you the have, reverse gear. You have machine yeah. gun mount. <laughs> yeah, Dustin get to, did get to see me watch throw the reverse on a Goldwing the other day. So I had a Goldwing in the shop, and it had to leave the shop. So that means it had to leave under its own power. So I had to put it in reverse. And Dustin had never seen the reverse function before. <laughs> I didn't realize it was just the starter motor going backwards. Yeah. yeah. It's so amazing. GL 1500? Yeah, GL 1500. That was yeah. amazing. I was yeah. like, that's it? If you hear, it fills back it up. I'm like, what? Is oh. it, man? It's, it doesn't need to be any more difficult yeah, than that. The Ural's got that lever. You, it's got a control. <laughs> hey, but the good news is that lever means you got four gears in reverse, too. Do you? Why not? Well, that's true. If you, you I, I didn't think about shifting up. Math, that. man. It's math. You got four gears forward? So Throw that lever, like, you uh, got four you gears backwards. Those, uh, things by Polaris? Yeah. <laughs> I just have to sit back and stand the seat. And I just said it was because the Russian army can retreat as fast as it could advance. So. <laughs> I thought that was the Italian army. <laughs> no, that was the French army. Never been shot and only dropped once. That was the... Uh, but... Yeah, I. Well, but then. so she was in, and so that was the story of the sidecar rig. I thought you'd get a kick out of that. She could, she was convinced there was something wrong with her Vespa sidecar rig, because the headset would wobble. And I said, well, headsets do wobble on Vespa sidecar rigs. They're very steep steering angle, and it's a little ten inch wheel. You don't have much gyroscopic authority with that. So she was like swearing at me, cursing at me up one side and down the other, telling me about it. What a dangerous bike I sold her. So I put her in the sidecar rig. In one sense, I have to kind of agree with you, but. That's what it's supposed to right. be. <laughs> so I put her in the sidecar rig, and I took her out for a nice big long ride. Did all the stuff you're supposed to do when intimidating somebody with a sidecar. And she went around with me, and she was like, what did you do to it? It's perfect. You're, you're driving it. And I said, "Sure." no, I did nothing to it. I didn't do a no. damn thing to you it. You have to drive. You have, you have to, to drive a sidecar right. rig. You can't ride. <clears throat> it's not like sure. a bike. You have yep. to drive it. And because she's kind of so silly, nuances to it. I, took, I couldn't just tell her, like, you know, Go right, slow left, like those things I normally use to train somebody on a sidecar rig. And I was trying to tell her how hard you have to hold the handlebars because you have to hold on to them because they want to do their thing. Yeah, and, you don't need to go to the gym when you're running. Right. A and I told her, I was like, pretend like you've got a pit bull in your left hand and a Rottweil in your right hand and no leashes you're and you're going to take them for a walk. You're walking through the hood. Right. It's just water and she And she was funny because she was like, okay, a pit bull on one side and a Rottweil on the other. And I eventually got her to the point where she could drive it. Hold yeah. on tight, but let them do their thing. Mm-hmm. There's just a certain Just keep control. it going in the direction you want it to go. It's, it's, so it's, it down the I mean, it's so yeah. It's such an odd feeling. I've <clears> always <throat> been lucky in the fact that I took to sidecars the second I sat on one. The second I sat on one, I had it figured out, and I really loved it. 
I, love, I, I, love I do it enjoy too. the living shit out of them. I mean, I love them like no. I like the did. whole act of like leaning in, leaning oh, out, I like breaking. How, you have right, to raising the wheel. I mean, it's a blast. You have to be in the game. It's a total blast. And then if you have nobody in the sidecar and it's a Vespa, which in a right hand turn it just wants to be upside down. <laughs> yeah. you know, it just needs to be upside down. It's its natural state. Right. <laughs> then you do things like I mean, I'm sitting in the sidecar going around right hand corners because there's no weight in the car. But she did eventually figure it out. So. That battery that you're... The, yeah. The battery. The battery. actually helps a lot because it's in the trunk of the sidecar. Yeah. So it weights down Bellas. the sidecar. Yeah. So that's kind of a good idea. It's a great idea if it wasn't except for the fact that you don't need to take 90 pounds of fucking lead around with you right. when you're traveling about motoring. And the guy used like 18-gauge wires. So everything oh, I is like... Right. It's like <laughs> everything's like... The voltage is... Yeah. The voltage drop is Oh, there's a voltage wow. drop the second you turn the key on? Yeah, it's like 10... It's running yeah. at 10 volts. Yeah. <laughs> but it was... Oh, God, it's so funny. But yeah. all right, pull the pin on this. We're gonna pull the, one we're and a half hours. This one. Uh, uh, what can I give you guys for a reminder this week? Uh, nothing. Go out and ride your motorcycles. Have fun. Drive fast and take chances. Johnny.